Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Sport Plus Life. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, clicking on the button. I'm Ed Draper, sports broadcaster in the UK. Back on the boxing beat, which has been alongside football, my main sporting love uh, outside of my day job as a broadcaster for Sky Sports News, which is kind of all sport. But I'm in a gym in Sutton in South London, Raptors Gym, uh, where Isaac Chamberlain, a British cruiserweight, has been uh, going through his paces. Isaac, you're right. This great session there. It's nice. It's nice for me to watch. But how are you feeling? You uh, you recovered from that? It's a good good workout. Yeah, it was very good. You know, um, it's a pleasure to be here. You know, and uh, it's a pleasure to bring you along as well to to come and witness me training. Um, what can I say? Yeah, it was just um, good to get back into it. You know, because obviously I started. I was. I've been training for months on end with no yeah. rest. So it was good to just take a few days off just to clear my mind, relax my mind while Angel was in Dubai with another one of his fighters. Yeah. So it's, it's, it was good to really, I don't know, like re- take a bit of rest mentally and come back. So I came back and I'm a lot sharper as well, you know, so I, it was just good to get back in there and, and punch again. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, man. Cause you had quite a big 12 months or so. You had the big uh, domestic fight against Lawrence Okoli, a lot of big build up to that. You ended up um, getting defeated in that. Then you came back and beat Luke Watkins. But you said you're still, um, you're still working on kind of the next opponent. So how, how's it all been physically? Because you, you want to peak, don't you? But I suppose you look in great shape. So you're just, you're ticking over at the moment. Yeah, right now I'm just ticking over, you know, just um, planning um, what the next move is. And uh, the people behind me, they're just um, planning what's going to happen next. You know, yeah. the, the opponents and... and, and there's going to be a big announcement coming very soon. So I'm just waiting, just biding my time and just yeah. taking everything day by day because I think that's the main thing. Just take, take things day by day, step by step. You can't really look too much into the future because when you look too much into, into the future, you forget the now. Yeah. So I just think it's, it's good to just sit back, take my time and just work on what I'm working on for that day. You have to focus on the process, don't you? Because I, th- I suppose in boxing you have long-term goals, but you can't live in the in the future because it, it can kind of drive you drive you crazy, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um, just trust the process. You know, that's the main thing. Just trust the process, knowing that you know um, it's just you just have to just be consistent with it. You know, that's the that's one of the things that's really um, that's that's really stuck with me and that's one of the characters that the character traits that I've had since I was a kid I was always consistent yeah you know I was always consistent always in the gym and no matter what happened I never really got um sidetracked there's times where I could have been sidetracked you know Mm -hmm. but I just kept consistent because boxing was a place where when I'm in the gym I just it's just a different feeling you know it's like you get away from everything you're just I feel like I'm at peace when I'm in the ring do you find it almost like people talk about meditation? Do you find it, it puts you in that present moment? Yeah, it stop, stop thinking. It's escape from, yeah, from yeah. Over, overthinking. Yeah, definitely. It's just, it's just when you get in the ring, you just flow. You're just, you just better. You just you, you be yourself. You know, I think boxing gave that voice to a lot of kids that had low self-esteem. Like myself, when I was young, I had, when I was like 12, 11, I had low self-esteem. I didn't really believe in myself. Yeah. The only reason why I kept coming to the gym because the coaches kept saying, you can be a champion, you can be something. And um, I never heard those words of encouragement from anyone, not my mom, not, not teachers, not no one. So that's why I kept coming back, so I can hear those words of encouragement. And they give people that can't speak, they, it makes them express their, themselves through boxing. Yeah, you have mentors in that, in that as well, don't you, I suppose, oh, as yeah, a kid? Definitely, definitely. And um, 
boxing can apply to everything in life, you know. If it can apply to a lot of things, you know, if if you can look up, you can get up. If you're on the ropes, you can bounce back. If you get knocked down, you can get up again. Yeah. Just, it all applies to life, you know. If you look up, you can get up. Is that Les Brown, the motivational speaker? Yeah, he say yeah, that one? Yeah, That's yeah, a, yeah. yeah. It's, no, it's so good. It's, it's, it's good, man, you know. And uh, it's just, just learning to love it. You know, Johnny Nelson told me as well, he was just like, don't forget to enjoy what you're doing because when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he was threatening to come back, wasn't he? In his, know, like, 48 of the other year when, when Marco Huck was, yeah. uh, was there. So That's the, that's the thing. He, like, could... he, he always said that, always enjoy what you're doing. You know, enjoy the process. Yeah. Because you only get one chance to do all of this. You know, so just enjoy it because uh, you're not going to, you're going to be pissed off if you're like <laughs> in the future and you didn't enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. You didn't have fun with it. One life, yeah. If you get, I know some people believe in reincarnation, but if you think you've got one life, you may as well enjoy it, and make the most of it. It's interesting you say that because I don't know whether it happens in boxing, but certainly I work in TV, and there's people in TV who are good, do a solid job, but don't always enjoy it. They get stressed out still by being on live TV, and sometimes you get that maybe in sport that someone's good at a sport but might not necessarily enjoy it. Have you have you found that sometimes? Um, or boxing, do you have to be so dedicated to? to you have get to there? be so dedicated, you know. Um, you have to be just so, so dedicated. And um, with, with boxing, it's not even about motivation anymore. Like, I think I've, I've done it for so long now. It's not even about, oh, do I have to get motivated to do that? I just do it. I think the main thing to be a top athlete is, is consistency hmm. and uh, discipline. Just be consistent and be disciplined. And, and, and you'll have the, the, the plan there. You know, motivation, I think we've passed that because I'm basically living my dream. Yeah. You know, as a professional fighter, you know, and uh, I'm just, I always, I have a mind where I'm always trying to be better. You know, I'm always trying to be better. How do I get better? How do I um, Does that bleed into other parts of your life as well? Like, if you, if you become boxing, you become skilled at that, you, you become disciplined elsewhere. Yeah, and definitely. perhaps you become, like, kind of, when, when you leave boxing, eventually, maybe it'll, it'll give you that intent to, to set goals in other lines of work, yeah, be it business or whatever. 100%. 100%. It makes you think, do you know what, I've, I've worked hard and I've gotten this far, you know, and I've dedicated myself. You'll probably think, what else can I dedicate myself to? Yeah, you know, and and work hard at. You and know, it's achievable. Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever you put your mind to, it's achievable. You know, so that, that's what I kind of think as well. But yeah, man, it's just <laughs> boxing is is crazy. It's like a drug. Well, you said to me last week you wanted to get a few things off your chest, and I wasn't sure what that was about. What what was the the issue? Because I wasn't sure whether you'd put something up about knife crime, whether it was that or whether it was um, just your a lot career. of things. You know, just a lot of things. Um, you know. Especially with like even with what you said about knife crime, like it's just a, it's a joke. Like it's it's kind of it's getting out of hand now, you know. My, and start, this is why your personal history with you. This yeah. is why you got into boxing. Yeah, I got into boxing because my cousin, you know, um, when I was young, I was about eleven, twelve years old. My cousin, as soon as he passed his GCSEs, um, he got into an altercation with another gang because obviously he was in in that lifestyle, and he got stabbed in the heart, and obviously he passed away, and. Um, a lot of people, I mean, sorry, a lot, a lot of his friends and even my family, they hate, they like, it was a really, really sad time. Yeah. Because it was a really no, sad time. No, I can time. imagine, yeah, to lose a child is terrible, but to lose it in that way is yeah, it's, it's it's, even worse. It's horrific. Have your family recovered your aunt's, aunt, um, aunt and uncle? I don't really ask. No. Obviously, it's, it's really sad. You know, even though it was a long, long time ago, but it's, it's really sad. You never really recover. Yeah. And I believe, look at this guy. Oh, <laughs> my God. 
It's your, coach, your trainer's just singing as he dances. No, he's just singing. He always sings my name. He sings my name. But yeah, um, what can I say? Like, um, it was a really sad time, and um, that's my mum put me in the gym because she realised that right, I was going, I was going, I was kind of going down that route as well because it's kind of inevitable. You become a product of your environment. But you said you don't almost have a choice in that situation either because of the fact that everyone is. You know, in your, that's where you live, that's in your face, that if you don't stick up for yourself to a certain extent, you will become um, you're reclusive. You'll get, get victimised, do you know what I mean? So you have to really defend yourself and act a certain way so you can just... It's like, it's like in prison, probably, you know? You're, like, if you get victimised on the first day, yeah. then you, that's the worst thing you could probably do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's just... So you need to get some, some measure of respect, but it's, you don't yeah, want to get involved in that because what, I mean, what, what can change the culture there? Do you think getting kids more into sport, more focused um, about um, something, like discipline? They, they shut down a lot, a lot of youth clubs. You know, they shut down a lot of youth clubs. They shut down um, after-school clubs. They shut down football academies and, and basketball play. Like, if yeah. kids know each other, they're not going to want to stab each other. And youth clubs and stuff, it brought all the kids around the area together. It brought everyone together. So, and they're shutting the one thing that was getting everyone together. It makes no yeah. sense. Do you know what I mean? It was shutting everything down. And it's, it's kind of a joke. You know, it was, it's, 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 it's a joke, man. So I'm just thinking, what's the... Like, the one thing that was keeping the kids together, you're closing it down. So what do you expect? Like, people, they're more likely... These kids, they're more likely to stab someone they don't know than to stab someone they do. Yeah. You know I mean? It's a wasted energy, though, isn't it? To, to you think to like to, to, to be involved in that hate yeah. game where you're you're hating the, someone else who, who's probably is, a lot a lot like you as well. It's probably got a lot in common. That, like you say, if you if you played yeah. sport with them or you sat down with them and had a conversation, you realise that you were similar. It's that them and us thing in society, yeah. isn't it? And the, one of the worst things as well is this is the social media, because now if you if you go and have a fight and someone gets like there's like for example two fourteen year old kids for example mm. have a fight. And um, the other guy beats him up or whatever. Back in the day, it was like, okay, whatever, you, you, it's done. But yeah. Now, because of social media, they'll upload it on Instagram and everyone. You're not just laughing. See, so publicly shaming someone. Yeah, publicly or... shaming. And that's what makes that's what makes these kids retaliate and be like, Do you know what? I can't take this embarrassment, and I'm gonna have to go and stab him or something. Yeah. You know I mean, that's that's what they. Do you think these kids who perpetrate the crime do they know the severity of it? Are they gonna take? someone's life um, potentially I think, it's, I think they're just in the moment of the anger and the rage and stuff I think that's, they're just in the moment I don't know what they're probably thinking yeah you know it might be the music it might be something that's fueling it but when you're stuck with your own thoughts like no I can't let him do this to me no 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 like, every time I go on Instagram somebody's laughing or making comments or making funny jokes about me yeah, oh, do you know what? I'm gonna flip it. After There's no escape, is there? Well, I suppose yeah. when I was a kid, you could you could go home and you didn't see kids over the weekend until the Monday morning, and then you know your house was kind of a sanctuary. Whereas now, yeah, now, now you're constantly plugged in everywhere. Everyone has social media now. No one really plays out, plays football and rides yeah. bikes and stuff. I think my age was the last era of doing that. Yeah, so I mean, now it's a shame. Yeah, it's, bro, it's crazy, man. Now everyone's on iPhones and Playstations and stuff. Yeah, do you think boxing? One of the things it teaches is. It's a sense of what violence is and what the impact is when you when you get hit, but also a respect yeah. for people because it seems when you come into boxing, everyone shakes hands, everyone's you know everyone's friendly. Yeah, it, it shows it definitely shows respect because um, you know everyone can fight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> everyone can fight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Everyone in the gym can fight, so of course it shows the respect that listen, 
you know you know how to handle yourself they know how to handle themselves so it's like a very mutual and it's based within rules as well isn't it yeah yeah definitely and they know what it's like to train and and it's mentally tough being a fighter and i think that's because of how tough it is that you get everyone's respect especially in the boxing gym you know because we all know what we've been through you know as a like training camp and and fighting and and sparring and all, all of that stuff yeah, you, oh, said you, you said your mum was the one that pushed you into boxing. I mean, she was yeah. obviously, you know, I guess prophetic in doing that because it's worked out so well. But mm. how much do you, do you sort of thank her for, for that decision for, to push you into it? Yeah, I definitely thank her a whole lot, you know, because I don't know what I would have been doing. I probably would have went down that same road. You know what I mean? I definitely would have went down that same road and, and probably been in jail or dead or whatever. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm the type of person that... You know, if I'm stuck, if I'm on something, and I want to be the best at it. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's why when I'm training, I'm training differently now. I want to be the best. You know, I want to be world champion. I want to have world honors. I want to be an elite level fighter. You know, I'm yeah. working towards that. So, in in whatever I do, I would have wanted to be the best at it. So, if I was gonna go down <laughs> the road, road, I would have been the worst. Do you think? You know do you think parents? Because your mum had that influence. You think parent is parenting a big part of it? Can can they help? Oh, before yeah, before the kids get to an age where they where they start hanging out in those groups where definitely. there may be gangs, I think communication is the key. You know, communication is the key. You need to communicate with your kids. You know, especially like growing up with um, African household or even like Black British households, mm. there's no real communication. Really? You know I mean? Yeah, there's no real communication. Is your heritage from Africa then? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents are Congolese. Okay. You know, but I was born here. Yeah. Oh, well, it's it's like you know, I mean, I think. I don't know, because obviously I was the oldest. You know, my mum had me at 17. You know, I was the oldest. It's a challenge, um, yeah. Yeah, so obviously it's a bit difficult. You know, and she kind of raised me on her own. So it's kind of like, I'm like the experiment. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, so, it probably worked out all right, pretty, pretty much. But yeah, well, uh, well, that's had, hard when you're a kid yourself, pretty yeah, much. So I've had to, I've had to grow out. by myself a whole lot, though. You yeah. Know, I've had to grow by myself. At least, thankfully, I was very wise when I was young. You know, it's very streetwise as well when I was re- when I was really young, so I've had to really work out a lot of things on my own. You know, and, and it kind of worked out for my favour, but it was good because I was in the gym from like eleven, twelve. If I, if I wasn't, then I don't know what would have happened. Yeah, well, you're but you're a, you're a voice of reason and calmness on social media. To be fair, and you're often, you know, talking about the futility of all the, the knife crime and the deaths and things like that. But you see things sometimes, like Dillian White's obviously a great example of someone who's, who's, who's brought himself up from the, the streets to do well, but there's almost a, you know, there's a bit of beef on social media between, between him and Lawrence O'Coley recently. Do you think boxers have a responsibility not to, to engage in too much, I guess, kind of animosity? Mm-hmm. What's your take on it? Because it's difficult because you have to sell fights as well, don't you? Yeah, it's difficult because you have to sell fights. But obviously, yeah, they, we understand. I think they, they kind of understand it's show business. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's, it's show business, and uh, sometimes you can get drawn into it a bit too much. Becomes a bit like WWE, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it comes like WWE. But you, you, it's. I think as long as no one gets hurt. Yeah, do you know what I mean? As long as it doesn't go beyond the ring, then it's okay. Because you don't want boxers fighting outside the ring, do you? That's yeah, the... you don't want. No, it's not even the boxers that fight. It's like people like the people around them attached to them. Yeah, yeah, people around them. They're gonna be the ones that's fighting or. They'll take it serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because obviously they're thinking like, oh, you're talking all of this shit. Yeah. Yeah, and you're going you're gonna to say it. Like, and then obviously, and you're with them, you're going to be like, no, I have to do something about that because, because of how... So you're trying to show off to your entourage a little bit sometimes or yeah. keep face, yeah. So it's just, it's a bit mad. 
How do you, uh, who do you surround yourself with friends-wise? Because it can, can almost seem that, that entourages sometimes with boxers can, can sort of, um, I guess, escalate it. No, I just, you know, I just have friends that I've been with from the start. Yeah. I mean, I like having the friends that, that know me because obviously as you get older and as you progress in boxing, you have a lot of hangers-on and people that are just there because of your fame or people are there because of, of, of what you've achieved in boxing and they just want to be around you. Yeah. Or just to post that, or to post pictures on Instagram that they live with <laughs> and stuff. Do you know what I mean? But it's, it, I, I like being with the people that I've been with from the start. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, because they, they know me the best. I mean, because they know yeah. the best, and if something kicks off or something goes wrong, they'll be there. Yeah, and they liked you and respected you before that happened, yeah. anyway. So that's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the difference, right? Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's you know that's that's the type of people I hang around. I hang around with. You know, I don't really go out much because if I go out, it's sometimes it's a bit too much, man. Really? Yeah, well, people come so, up to you and recognize yeah, yeah, you all, and... The, all the time. But it's just like. I don't really. I'm not really a party person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not really a party. Well, it looks like you live the life because you're in good shape now and you haven't got a fight coming up. So you're yeah, obviously just, dedicated to keeping yourself ticking over. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're actually right. You know. And um, as you get more experience in boxing, like you can, I don't think fitness is kind of a problem. Yeah. Because you kind of learn how to breathe through the rounds. Like you go the ten rounds, twelve rounds. When you when you're that level of a fighter. You kind of know how to breathe and pace yourself. You keep your emotional rounds. state a bit less because I remember Darren Barker saying when you first start boxing, it's because you get this adrenaline rush, like anything you do for the first time when the lights come on. Even though mm. you've trained hard, you almost overtrain because you have to prepare yourself. But once you've experienced, I guess you don't have that emotional kind of rush quite as much when you when you go into the ring. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, he's actually very right. I remember that when I really started getting used to it, and it was when I fought Luke Watkins. Yeah. And look at the, the oh, your last fight. Yeah, and look at the difference in how I how I performed. You know, I showed all my skills. I showed um, I was relaxed. I showed class. I knew what I was doing. You know, the first the first round I wanted to establish myself straight away. You know, second round I wanted to see what he's doing. The third round I wanted. The fourth round, you know, I came with the, the um, with the combinations. And, I, and then I knew if you see that fight after every. Of the last thirty seconds of every round, yeah, I would go in, boom, 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 because yeah. I, I don't know. I just had a timer in my head mentally. I knew, okay, the, first, the first, last thirty seconds was coming. Was that savvy knowing about the judges the way that they you leave a lasting impression in them? When yeah, they yeah, score? yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I learned that from watching guys like James Tony. And uh, Felix Stern was like that as well. I remember against Matthew Macklin, he'd always yeah, finish the rounds fast. And, yeah. strong. and the sixth round, I took it off. I remember I took the sixth round off just to get my breath back so I could finish the last four very, very strong. And that's what I did. And obviously... So you're able to start thinking outside of yourself a bit more now when you're in the ring? Uh, yeah, it's, it's just experience. It comes with that. And obviously, it's, it's better for me because um, I ain't been blessed with being as strong as, um, as these other cruiserweights. You know, I, yeah. I, obviously, I was, that's why I would make up for it. I would make up for it with my smartness and my skill. Do you know what I mean? I make up for it with my smartness and my skill. So, uh, you say you're not big, but you almost seem a perfect size for a cruiserweight oh, in some I ways, am. don't you? Yeah, I mean, you're like, what, 6'3 and a big, big, thick set. You said you put weight on your legs as well, it seems. Yeah, I know, but before it wasn't. Before <laughs> it wasn't. Like, before it was about, it was, uh, I was small. So, obviously, I had to, like. Well, you said that was part of the problem with fighting Lawrence Okoli, who, you know, in terms of 
natural advantage is pretty much a heavyweight, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he just hugged me to death anyway. <laughs> if you wanted to fight, I, I came for a fight. I didn't come for hugging. <laughs> yeah. How did you deal How did you deal with that, the first defeat of your career, though? Did, did it take a bit of psychological processing afterwards, um, or were you straight straight back at it? Yeah, no, no, no. It took, it took a, a while, obviously, because obviously uh, when you work so hard for something, because obviously even though it was a bit of overtraining, training, I did work extremely hard for it. You know, sparring, sparring 12 rounds, running 8 miles, sparring 12 rounds, running 8 miles and working my ass off. So obviously when you put everything into it and yeah. it doesn't go well, obviously it takes a lot of character. You know, it takes a lot of character to to build yourself back. And uh, I'm going to say it. That obviously but you felt you overtrained a bit and you, you, yeah, you ultimately yeah. changed trainers after that. Definitely. But obviously some other things happened after the fact. Mm. You know, in terms of money being taken and obviously stuff happened with my old trainer. Really? Yeah, so... Have you heard about... No, I don't know the full story about that, no. Yeah, so, you know, um, after the fight, um, my uncle stole some money, like, 10 grand went missing. Obviously, he lied about it. Then he, then he admitted it. Then just... just Is he your own uncle? Yeah, my own uncle. I mean, that must have hurt. Oh, of course, you know. Like, it was just... A difficult time because obviously a lot of things happened you know I lost my first fight yeah you know big fight in front of all these thousands of people and um he stole money so it's kind of like that's like two losses because obviously I really trusted him do you know what I mean I trusted him a whole lot yeah um but how's your family now yeah yeah it's is good. it they reconciled yeah. everything right no nah, I don't talk to him yeah you know, but obviously there's no like bad energy is or that bad. your mum's brother yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So how she how she processed it? Um, obviously she was pissed off. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, trust has been broken, you know what I mean? But um, you just have to deal with it and carry on. You know, it just shows a true test of character to come back from all of that madness that was happening. And then um, to come back from all of that and then come back and have the performance that I've had. Yeah. And as, as long as I learn from it, then I don't call it a loss. I just call it a lesson. As long as I learn from it. If I didn't learn from it, then it would have been a bit different. Sure. Do you know what I mean? It almost feels like there's a bit of a bottleneck in the, the British cruiserweight scene. Sometimes there's guys of your quality and Lawrence O'Coley obviously has got now the win over Wadi Camacho, so he's sort of dominant British and Commonwealth champion, but he's been linked to world title fights. Do you think that it needs everyone to sort of move through a bit? Is that kind of the process? It, uh, potentially um, O'Coley to go and fight Lebedev for a, a world title and then I guess they'd leave the, the British scene a bit bit vacant? Um. Well, I, I don't know. You know, he can he can do it. He can win a world title and by beating Lebedev. Obviously, Lebedev is old, and yeah, you know, it's perfect timing to get him. But well, um, obviously, I beat Camacho two years ago with one arm. Yeah, so no, it's, it's true. Kind of like you know, going from there to, yeah. to Camacho. So, what would you like to do? Would the Brit is the British title a big thing for you, or is it more about um, whatever opportunity it's, comes it's, up it's if it's overseas? It's or not? basically whatever opportunity. Do you know what I mean? It's basically whatever opportunity comes. So we're just waiting. You know, we're just waiting um, for the right fights at the right time. You know what I mean? People are asking on social media whether you're still promoted by Matchroom. You say you still are with, with Matchroom. Yeah, you know, but um, they're just, right at the moment, the, the offers that they're giving is kind of like crazy. I've been, I've, I've beaten two Commonwealth champions now where's my belt yeah like they said Watkins fight was going to be for a title it wasn't for a title and then they're offering me someone like Bill Smith for shit money and no belt you know it's kind of like what's going on do you know what I mean and what's the balance do you think that's just because they can't find anyone out there to to match you with that can't be it because 
you know, battery is the biggest promotion in the world. If they're gonna find something, they're gonna find someone. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> have you got have you got names of people that you would like that you look at uh, that you um, kind of watch on YouTube? You think they're a good level, good profile, good opponent? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My coaches, my coaches, and and my management, they watch that all the time. They watch all the time who who we could um we could fight. Yeah. And uh, it's just right now, I just need belts, man. Do you know what I mean? Belts, and obviously, you have to have reasoning behind it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It has to make sense, like. Because if you look, like there's a Google thing that you can see um, the, how many times you've been searched up. Like me and Lawrence, <laughs> most <laughs> searched for out of everyone. Really? Everyone else I'm fighting, no one really knows them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can sell tickets. Like I can sell a whole lot. Like, man, I'm, like when I fought at O2, everyone was there for me, basically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They were all cheering for me. So what does that show? Got good know, good be, fan base. I can be a household name. I mean, Which is a big part of the business we're told, isn't it? In boxing, yeah, it's oh, not. It's, obviously, talent's important, but it's about profile and about yeah, fan, to, fan base and selling tickets. I, I got that. Like, it's yeah. not like I don't have it. Like, no, do you know what I mean? I've got that. So, it's just a matter of taking my time, you know. And I've realised as well that you know I'm the youngest. I just turned twenty five. All these guys, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, thirty two. Yeah. All literally, all of them. Do you know what I mean? And you're coming into your man strength and things like the next few yeah, years yeah, as well. Yeah. So. We just, we're just right now. All I need to do is just take my time and uh, prepare the way I have been preparing. And when a big fight comes, I'm gonna take it with both hands. But obviously, it has to be smart. Well, do you, it's a conundrum as well, isn't it? Do you wait for the big fight, or do you want just another ticking over fight chance for your fans to see you, things like that? If, as long as yeah, you're I mean, open about it being not a huge event, but just something to to kind no, of get out. Mind. Of course, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't yeah. mind it. Do you know what I mean? But um, you know. You have to know your worth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You have to know your worth. And uh, how do you know that? It's difficult, isn't it? It's the whole debate in the heavyweight scene at the moment with Anthony Joshua and Deontay Dylan, Wilder. They're all, uh, you know, debating who's even worth Joshua what. Joshua and Dylan, and I, and I respect Dylan a whole lot for that. You know, he knows his worth. He's not just gonna offer anything um, that they put up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's not gonna offer anything that they put up. And obviously, I don't know. Like Joshua is obviously the main guy, mm-hmm. the main guy in the division. Obviously, the guy that brings in everything, all the money, the golden goose. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But do you think sometimes you have to take a short term hit if you if you think long term it it um, leads to bigger payments? Because I wonder that with with even with Anthony Joshua, with Dylan White, for all of them, that potentially when these matches are made, yeah. there's going to be more public interest for rematches and and just yeah, for the, the heavyweight scene. I think, um, Dylan was a bit upset because they. They said they, they had a rematch clause on the contract that they were going to have. And obviously, in the rematch clause, it was still 70 30 to Joshua. Yeah. So it's kind of like, whoa, what the heck is going on? Like, because in that I'm scenario, Dillian White would be multiple world champion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously, the, it changes when you're the, world, you're the champ. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the thing. That's the reason why they were a bit pissed. So obviously, Dylan's thinking, like, whose side are you on? I know you're promoting, you know what I mean? But you're yeah. promoted by Eddie, but whose side are you on? Do you know what I mean? Where's his best interest at? That is difficult, isn't it? It's difficult for the promoters to work that out. That's probably like me and Lawrence. Do yeah. You know what I mean? Like, where's this? I probably would have been in the same situation if I beat Lawrence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously his interest is with the Olympic boys and. And, yeah, uh, you know, well, it's funny though. I do some I do some freelance work for Matchroom. They've always been good people to me in terms of presenting stuff for them. Um, but what I do know is it, it seems complex. There's so much work goes in on their side to organise these events and yeah. pull it together that that perhaps it's I, I guess it's not something that I you know I can't imagine the logistics of it. All. It must be a challenging challenging job for for those people. Yeah, it's just it's just long. You know, it's just kind of long. But 
Um, Do you think boxing would be better if you had mandated fixtures, like the governing bodies just said, you fight X, Y, and Z? And yeah, but they'll still make problems out of it. Yeah. They'll make money problems, they'll make <laughs> pass bids and all of that stuff. There'll be... Because there's so many governing bodies, aren't there? There's a... Yeah, there's so many. Do you know what I mean? But it, that just also shows that there's, there's more chance of you being a world champion. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's more ways of, of guiding your career, making the right decisions to, to reach to where you want to be. Do yeah, you know I mean? which I think is we're in the gym here, and there's I think they do a lot of mixed martial arts training yeah. here as well. UFC's big, and it's kind of UFC, pretty much. You know, people like Conor McGregor almost have the power to to kind of pull their weight a little bit, but a lot of people there generally just get a fixture list and told you're fighting X. Yeah, do you yeah, think that? Yeah. I mean, is that would that be better for you as a boxer, just being able to think about training, or would, or do you like the sense um, that you, in boxing you can plot your route and you can create a story like I guess like Tony Bellew created that big story about yeah. fighting at Goodison Park and everything. You can you can create that story. Boxing has more um you're more open. You can kind of guide your way a bit. I think UFC. I don't know much about it, but it's kind of fixed. Mm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you do as you're saying there's nothing else you can do yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? but with boxing you can kind of guide your own way and, and be yourself and, yeah. be, and make yourself into a star which is like a good thing get the timing you know right because I mean? like, with me it's, it's like I never had a crazy amateur background I never went to Olympics I had nine amateur fights really you know but the only thing that kept me working was my discipline and my, and my dedication why did you turn over quickly then we just felt you had it aptitude um, for professional or you wanted to make some money I was broke <laughs> Fair enough. I didn't want to go to those selling drugs or nothing you know I was yeah. broke so I just thought you know let me help my mom and, and just try and turn professional and you know if, if you think you can do it you, why not you know you don't want yeah. to live life with no regrets ever you know so um, good for you that's why I've done it <laughs> would, you, would you take a, like a European level fight now type fight because we've seen that recently in, in the last few months people like Ted Cheeseman perhaps have jumped out too early Lewis Ritson did it last year that there is a, there is a, you know, I think domestic scene is bubbling for the cruiserweights, like you point out. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we underestimate the craft of, of the top Spanish or top German out yeah, there. True. Yo, yo, hundred percent take it. Like I'm a foul. That's that's my job. I'll definitely take these fights. But obviously, the risk reward factor has to be right. Do you know what I mean? The risk reward factor has to be right. Like, yeah. For example, the Billum Smith fight. I got offered Billum Smith, you know, for no title and crap money, April the twentieth. But Coming if up in was, the O2 Arena, yeah, which is if it, if it was a if it was for a great a, a belt and a good money, hundred percent, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah, it has to make sense now. But would you be confident? You'd be pretty confident winning that fight, would you? Presumably, oh, yeah, as well? definitely. I'll, come on, yeah. man, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll definitely be confident winning that fight. Look, I've changed so much as a fighter. Do you know what I mean? I've changed. I've definitely changed so much as a yeah. fighter, and that's put me on watch a whole lot. You know, everybody's watching me now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But you, but you're determined to work out that value thing and make sure you get it right I mean I think Dave Allen he's going to sort of co-headline that but he took five mm-hmm. months out he was boxing most every month before that and he yeah. started to make an intent and create I guess a, a character for himself in a sense that I'm a, I'm a guy that doesn't want to box every month for you know for, for kind of short notice fights you want to you want to be be a main guy yeah. you want to take it serious you want to be a main guy and, and um, boy, I don't know man <laughs> it's just crazy, man. Is there any domestic opponent you'd like to? Fight? Could you have a rematch with Lawrence Coley? Would you go for that for the, oh, yeah, the British? I would. I would definitely hundred percent go for it. But um, right now, I think it's um, in both our interests. He goes his way, I go my way. You know, and then you know we could fight 
up, um, we both reached the top, we could fight for for world honours. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That would make Do, a lot more sense. Physically, he's six feet five inches tall. He's got a reach, I think, longer than Anthony Joshua's. I mean, his frame is, he's quite lanky at the moment. But do you think he's going to fill out and find it hard to make Cruiserweight at some point? Do you think that um, it's natural for him to go up? Or do you think his advantages lie with staying at Cruiserweight? Um, I think his advantages lie with staying at Cruiserweight. You know what I mean? Because obviously, the heavyweights, are, they're big boys. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And once, um, you, once you negate the reach, then maybe yeah, it becomes different. about power. So, you know, you know, he will keep getting better. I'll keep getting better and it will be a better fight. Yeah, and it'll be a better fight in the future. You take, I mean, Dennis Lebedev. I saw him box in, Mon- in Monaco last year. Um, lovely guy came up to me, but he's kind of my height. He's like, you know, five eleven, six foot. And I think for you guys, he'd be, you know, you- you'd fancy your chances to. He's a very skilled southpaw boxer, but potentially at this stage, you know, with youth on your side, would you take an opportunity like that? Because it seems like with Usyk having all the belts and moving out of the division now, there is suddenly an opportunity at the cruiserweight. Everyone, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take that. I'll definitely take that chance. You know, that's like an opportunity of a lifetime to fight for a world title. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely take that with both hands. But, um, like, everything will be down to my team and the people behind me yeah. to really make these decisions and then we, we all come to an agreement together. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, no, it's definitely... It's a lot of, lot of uh, people going into it and having their say, which is which is complicated, I can imagine. Quick... Um, Quick thought on on football. Do you, have you got a football team or anything you're aligned to? Because often that's a big thing, isn't it? Have you got any um, any affinity to I any? I don't know. I don't really watch football. Well, no, but you're honest. You're honest because a lot of people try and you know. Yeah, Tony Belly lived off the the, Ed- the Everton connection, which is definitely genuine because he goes there all the time. But some people almost they want to. Uh, John Ryder, I think, goes to Arsenal, doesn't he, and things like that. But sometimes that can that can Josh um, Warrington and Leeds. It can oh, it can yeah, bring a, yeah, a fan base with it, can't it as well? Yeah, some yeah. boxing people get a bit snobbish about that and say that the the football fans are hooligans. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boxing fans are hooligans too, man. Well, it can be, yeah. Honestly, all I do is just train and go home. So boxing, <laughs> boxing's your main sport, though. You never had a, an, out, an interest outside of it. I tried to play football before, but I was fucking shit. Really? Yeah. What position did you play or try to play? Uh, boy. Oh, I used to play in school, innit? Yeah. So, it's no, just, just, just in the playground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> playground, anyway. Yeah. Probably a good rugby player, actually. Um, mm. But yeah, just going back to what we started about the talk, what would, you, what would your advice be to, to anyone out there who's listening um, because there's people who look up to you from South London in particular, but I think urban communities all over the UK where they're struggling, where life's tough, where you've got opportunities that seem slim to, to progress and perhaps you're, you're mired in gang stuff, in rivalries, in tensions, you're getting wound up on social media. What would your advice be to, be to them about how to navigate that time of their life? Because the, the reality is, well, that time comes and goes, doesn't it? And, yeah. and everyone grows up eventually, so it's just getting through it. Um, just find something you love and just work at it, you know, find a career, find something that you really love and just keep going and keep plugging away. It's not going to get easy. It's going to get easy, but at the start, it's going to be hard. You know, yeah. at the start, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be, it's going to be tough, but you just have to grind and, and, and just keep working, keep working and grinding out. And um, you'll reach where you want to get, you know, you'll reach where you want to get to. That's the, that's like the main thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So and is it physically... Just you said you can't be victimized um, and, and be sort of you know the weak the weak member of the community. But by the same token, is it is it a case of turning the other cheek and just thinking if you have to stay indoors for for a while, get through your teen years and, and study or or, or dedicate no, yourself to a sport, really, whatever I it is. Really say that you know because um, you don't want to be like imprisoned in your own house. No, no, do you know what I mean. So just 
be sensible about situations yeah, you get into. Just be streetwise, you know, and sensible about a lot of situations that you get into. Do you know what I mean? That's like the main thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to talk. You know, there's like even in boxing, talk to your coaches, talk to your trainers, like have that communication with them because obviously that's like that helps a lot yeah you know talking about things that you're going through it's a psychological it's, process not just yeah. a physical one yeah it, it helps a lot you know talking about things that you're going through because um the coaches and stuff they've been they've all been there before you know guys that are older than you they've all been there before so it's good to talk about these things and uh yeah it just and everyone feels the same don't they? everyone feels the same fear yeah. the same anger the whole emotional range and knowing that you're not alone i think it's a big big thing yeah definitely i think that's like the most important thing yeah. Most important thing, man. Hey, man, it's been good to talk. I really appreciate it. Thank and you, uh, good luck getting a five. You can keep in touch on social media because we connected on social media. And I've watched a few of my colleagues did the straight out of Com- straight out of Com- straight, straight out of Brixton. Brixton. <laughs> <laughs> say that. That's always a riff off, but it, that's a good thing to watch because is, is that still available? I can't don't, um, on Sky Sports on, on Demand or is it on YouTube? Maybe it's on both. I think Sky Sports on Demand and YouTube. Yeah. So which is your story coming through? When I was younger. Yeah. 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 How long ago is that? Two or three years? Like, no, like four, man. Is it four years? Four years ago, I saw it. it was like wow, was it around now. your professional debut then? Yeah, I think it was my third fight. And how did that come about? Because I know Donal O'Keefe and Ed Damrell from um, Sky Sports. How I did think that... Tim Hobbs. Yeah. Because obviously I speak to Tim a whole lot. Yeah. You know, and um, Tim was like, yeah, man, we should try and get a documentary going about you in Brixton or whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then they just came to the gym and they were just like, yeah, we're going to do this. <laughs> I was like, oh crap, you lot are serious. Yeah, well, it's a good story. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. But that shows you, again, only four years of your career. So, I mean, it's, you've got time on your hands, haven't you? That's oh, the thing. Definitely. Definitely. I've got a lot of time, but I just have to uh, blink. It could be 30. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, it's just. So, like, mate, I'm 37, so I'm going to be blinking in 40. <laughs> but I'm yeah, not fighting, luckily. No, but it's, you know, it's just. I just have to stay committed and stay grafted. Grafting, you know, that's the main thing. Yeah. I just have to keep my mind on, on the ball. And be savvy about your money as well. You said you're going to invest in property. You're going to buy a place, which is yeah, which is good, right? Because boxing, it's easy to just yeah. spend each purse. Yeah, it's true. It's easy to just splash. But my mum is onto me so much, you know. That's so good. right now, I'm just sorting out my mortgage right near the gym. So just yeah, you're buying out. literally. So because you, you want to be right by the gym here, don't you? Know, you're not from far away in Stretton, Brixton, or whatever. But yeah. you want to be down here in Sutton, close by. Yeah, and it's obviously it's a great investment as well. You know, a great investment. Just be smart with my money and just. Yeah, you know, just just be wise because I've seen a lot of fighters. You know, they they're at the top of the world and they're coming back down, and then they're working to get a long money time again. retired, aren't you? Yeah, it's it's not good, man. Yeah, no, it's not good to just well, get in, make some money, get, keep your health, and be an inspiration like you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, straight. You're right, man. Oh, it's all, I don't, don't need an economics degree, but it's I think London property is always a solid investment. So it sounds a good uh, a good it's move. Expensive though. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's why I moved out. Well, good yeah. luck, man. Take care. Thank you, boss.